There are a couple of things you're bound to hear, no matter your current weight, है ना? You'll hear your parents saying, एक और पराठा खा ले, बाहर का खाना खा खाकर कैसे सूख गए हो? Or a very well-meaning relative saying, Hi, you look so nice, but weight थोड़ा कम कर लेती तो अच्छा होता. And so it goes on. But have you ever stopped to wonder that this issue of weight isn't just a cosmetic problem? It is not just about those extra inches on the waist or the way you look. Currently, the magnitude of people struggling with obesity is higher than ever. It's a global health concern, but remains a mystery for most as they are misguided by preconceived notions. And this is why we are back with another episode on obesity. Like we established in episode 1, India currently has the third highest population of obese people in the world and our numbers are expected to double in the next 20 years and while covid might be creating havoc worldwide obesity isn't too far behind so in this episode let's hear from dr mufazzal lakrawala dr lakrawala is co-founder of the digestive health institute he is also currently the director of department of general surgery and minimal access surgical sciences at hn reliance foundation hospital in mumbai and today he will help us unmask some of the myths around this disease welcome dr lakrawala welcome to health chacha Hi Deepi like you said you're my host and those for the next uh, half an hour maybe so let's get this rolling and let's uh, tell people what obesity brings in today's day and age right um so now of course in the indian cultural context being a little round around the edges used to be considered as a sign of being wealthy no and no one really bothered about the impact it had on health So, what is your take on this? Dipti, like you said, हम अच्छे पीते खाते घर के लोग हैं, so it is it is okay to be rounded around the edges. Unfortunately, in India, food is just not only mere nourishment. It's part of our daily life. It's part of our social tradition. It's part of our family culture. It's part of our festivities, and we have lots of festivals, right? So the big problem is that when when one of your biggest superstars says, "कुछ मीठा हो जाए." most of our diets around our festivities are linked with sugar unhealthy amounts of fat unhealthy amounts of carbohydrate and therefore overweight and obesity especially central obesity in india it comes with the territory right i'm sure you've been to weddings where the host is either upset that you've not eaten too much or you are upset that they've not fed you enough yeah so this is part and parcel of indian life i agree that in the past most people were saying that being heavy was a sign of 
अच्छे घर के लोग हैं दे आर डूइंग वेल इन लाइफ बोथ इकोनॉमिकली एज वेल एज सोसाइटी वाइज अनफॉर्चुनेटली आई एम यर टू बस दैट मिथ राइट आई वॉन्ट टू बस दैट बबल बिकॉज वी मस्ट रियलाइज दैट ओबीसिटी बिंग्स ऑन ओनली वन एडवांटेज यू आर हार्ड टू किडनेप the rest of the things obesity gets on is a big problem it brings on diseases it brings on expenses and it makes you more more difficult to live in today's society where peer pressure is so much that looking thinner gets you a better spouse or gets you a better job so that's what i want to say about obesity right uh, and i've also noticed that you know it's very common to hear people complaining about having diabetes and knee pain and being unable to climb stairs and you know in many of these cases um these people could also be obese uh, they may go to the doctors to get those kind of treatments that they need to address uh, you know the problem but the main problem remains unaddressed still right no one looks at the excess weight gain as a disease i wonder why unfortunately many governments of the world have failed in identifying obesity as a disease today america europe and australia have finally agreed grudgingly though that obesity is a disease it takes governments a lot of thinking to do because then once you identify something as a disease then then the payers need to come in you insurance companies might have to pay for the disease and so far mindset was that it is your fault that you are obese so let me for once and for always clarify this it is not your fault that you are obese all right so if anyone's telling you it is your fault please walk away from them let's get empathetic towards people who struggle with obesity because it's not their fault it's a physiological chronic disease which brings on so many ailments the moment we start identifying that my type 2 diabetes is all because i'm centrally obese because of the fat on my liver like non alcoholic steatohepatitis hepatitis or probably central obesity where the white adipose tissue or the white fat is much more than the brown or the beige uh, adipose tissue which is somehow less harmful all right and therefore mm-hmm. girls who put on weight around their hips are much more safer from the diseases than men who put on weight around the belly and fondly call it the beer belly actually you should call it the diabetic belly rather than the beer belly well obesity impacts almost every organ of your body right from head to toe so to just go through it really fast i'll probably be able to tell you from your headache to your heartache right so right side heart failure left side heart failure is all linked the very fact that you snore a lot is all because you're obese that's because of sleep apnea then metabolic syndrome which carries along with the diabetes hypertension dyslipidemia or cholesterol issues gout non alcoholic fatty liver disease these are all things that come with the territory gastroesophageal reflux disease or gallstones well again that comes with part and parcel of the disease now very rarely did we ever think that infertility was because of obesity well you must understand that not only infertility wherein your sperm count goes down if you're male and the ability of your uh, hormones to get you pregnant in a female's case come down so pcod or pcos is linked with obesity but what's further uh, worse is that in males the testosterone count goes down get, because it gets converted to estrogen and that is why your sexual dysfunction comes in in females they lose the appetite for any kind of sexual activity because they're just not right there so these are things that can go on to affect you mentally so mental issues are very much part of disease then again sometimes a fat woman might just laugh a little 
or cough a little and pass urine, stress urinary incontinence. That again comes with this. Then, of course, with weight comes all the types of arthritis, right? So when you carry a lot of weight, it comes with it. Swelling on your feet, varicose veins. Uh, and finally, the big C, cancers. There are 13 different types of cancers that are totally linked to obesity. So we must understand that obesity is the mothership that carries along with it all these various diseases. So get real about your obesity. Just don't think that I'm pleasantly plump because a little more fat and you could be a sick human being. Yeah, now I'm feeling guilty about downing two donuts. <laughs> but I know, I of course understand that it's also not uh, just about eating habits. It could also be about metabolism. Anyway, so now talking about weight loss in the 2017 uh, obesity review, it was published that about 40% of overweight and obese individuals are actively trying to lose weight. And we see that there are multiple options available in the market, but many a times they end up with unsuccessful efforts. As a weight loss expert, what would your advice be to people for picking up the right method to lose weight for themselves? So I think first and foremost, you need to realize where do you stand vis-a-vis -vis obesity. So you need to yes. know what's your body mass index. It was an index which was calculated years back, but today stands as the most robust uh, indicator, which is a simple, easy tool that you can sit in your house right now and calculate it. So what's your body mass index? It's your weight in kgs divided by height in meters squared. Right? Now, if you're between 18 to 24.5, you probably are normal weight or anything below 18 is underweight. Anything above 24.5 to 27.5 is overweight. And that's when you need to start doing whatever you have in terms of non-surgical methods, in terms of diet, exercise, lifestyle, behavior modifications, and various other things. So it gives you most bang for buck out over there and you will be able to lose your weight and control it. So I always say that when my belt gets one hole tighter, that's the time when I start running, I start doing various other things. Then we come to the BMI above 27.5. Between 27.5 to 32.5 is, is grade 1 obesity. Grade 2 obesity is between 32.5 to 37.5. And above 37.5 is clinically severe obesity or morbid obesity, which we already spoke about and what all it gets. Above 50 is super obese and above 60 is super, super obese. Now, when it comes to treatment models, it is just like a pyramid. Right. Mm. So the bottom end lies the diet, exercise, behavior modification and various other things that you can do from yoga to uh, various other things. Right. But when you come to the grade higher, that's when you use some some drugs that are available. For example, some of the drugs are tablets that you can take and can make you give you up to about five to 10 kg of weight loss in some patients. You should ask your doctor for more about these drugs and what are the side effects of these drugs. And eventually at the top of the pyramid lies bariatric surgery. Well, that means for all those people who fail diet, lifestyle, behavior modifications, as well as uh, sustained weight loss with medications, don't lose heart. There is light at the end of the tunnel because bariatric surgery is still the most effective mm -hmm. and medically proven tool to lose significant amount of weights, lose all your comorbidities, as well as maintain that weight loss. Of course, but you know, doctor, there seems to be some confusion around bariatric surgery. So tell us, is it a process of removing fat from the body or, um, I mean, is that how people lose weight? 
you know, when I trained in bariatric surgery even in the US and I came first to India, everyone said, Achha, to aap liposuction ka koji naya form, nahi technique kar rahe ho. So I want to clarify this once and for all. Liposuction, tummy tucks, abdominoplasties are body contouring surgeries. So when an actress does it, she needs it before her next song or before her next appearance. But oh, for the matter of fact, an actor. You may never know. <laughs> actor, actor. They, let's, let's gender specific. Actor, yeah, actress or actor, both are actors eventually. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so, but what happens is when you want to sustain and lose more than 40, 50, 60, or 100 beyond kgs, that time bariatric surgery is your only solution. So please don't get fooled by uh, people telling you that or liposuction, aise karalo, ultrasound, se karalo, uh, laser, se karalo. Remember that when you are treating diabetes, when you're treating sleep apnea, when you're treating all these dreaded diseases, bariatric surgery is probably your best friend and best help. Uh, don't get fooled that mera weight loss maintain because if you do lose it also, there is a good chance that you'll uh, get it. Bariatric surgery is basically GI surgery in which we do various things with the GI tract. Either we modify the stomach and make it small, or we join various parts of the small intestine to the pouch of stomach. In this, not only does a person eat small quantities of food initially to begin with, but can get up to eating moderate quantities of food, but also will maintain that weight loss. It does not harm him in affecting his nutrition to a long point, and it induces gut hormone changes, it induces uh, gut bacteria changes, it, it induces changes on your food preferences and that's why it can maintain weight over a long term. So it's not only about restricting the amount of food you take in because that kind of increases over a period of time. It's also various other things that it does with the hormones and the bacteria that maintains weight loss with bariatric surgery. You know, here I would really like you to address this concern is that uh Many people have this idea that bariatric surgery is unsafe and it has a longer recovery period. Is that correct? Unfortunately, this has been the most vilified surgery because this is a lifestyle surgery and most people in their minds still believe obesity is not a disease. And that's why they right. believe that surgery is not right? So bariatric surgery is... The fact is that bariatric surgery has been around for more than 75 years. Recent advancements in technology from uh, single incision surgery to endoscopic surgery to robotic surgery and various other things have completely made this as safe as you going in and probably getting a gallbladder removed or a hernia surgery done or a uterus surgery done. Now, remember that every time you get a gallbladder surgery or a hernia surgery or even a cesarean section, the doctor does not give you 100% guarantee of everything going correct. And this is in a subset of people who've got high BP, who've got diabetes, who've got cholesterol, various other things. There's a risk of deep pain thrombosis, a pulmonary embolism. And still you're giving a chance for these people to go home the next day after surgery, get rid of all these comorbidities. So I think in most good centers with good surgeons and various follow-up teams and various other things, that the chances of a complication happening in bariatric surgery is less than 1%. So I think it's worthwhile going. We don't stop taking flights, right? Because flights are dangerous that if they crash, then you might not survive. That does not mean you don't take a flight. The thing is, do what is correct for you. If you've tried all other options and non-managed to get rid of your uh, weight-related comorbidities, 
give bariatric surgery a chance it will completely change your life around don't be scared go to the right surgeons take your opinions if you want take two or three opinions but then satisfy yourself and take the plunge because you'll be a much more healthier individual for longer term now talking about opinions is it true that uh, post surgery one is on a very restricted diet and uh, they cannot eat certain types of food or we have to go on a liquid diet is that true about bariatric surgery this again is a myth complete myth so yes after any kind of altering uh, surgery of the gi tract let be a cancer surgery or any other surgery there are periods where you go into eating less quantities of food so yes start you off with liquid diet it's like teaching a baby how to eat the most significant thing about bariatric surgery is it makes you eat like what you're supposed to eat eat healthy chew your food thoroughly eat slowly and take your time and enjoy your food yes there are periods in the first 3 to 6 months of food adjustment you might get a little bit of nausea you might be able to eat smaller restricted forms of the food but overall eventually you will be able to like for example post bariatric surgery after a year most patients will be able to eat a couple of chapatis and a bit of rice per meal that's i think what any person even on a diet i for example stick to that basic so i don't think it's depriving you of anything in fact you can probably eat everything you can eat a pizza eat two slices of the pizza and not feel guilty about it yeah once in a while when you want to go and binge with your friends you can still do that please be careful don't overdo the binging don't overdo the pizzas don't overdo the fried food otherwise you lose the best tool that you've had for your weight loss and in your weight loss journey to some stupid thing that you're doing wow i'm hungry now <laughs> <laughs> i only heard pizzas and chapatis and rice <laughs> so see you can eat everything <laughs> that's true i'm now- not telling you to eat kaddu and kakdi and all only oh my god no <laughs> since we are busting myths you know uh, dr lakrawala there is also a misunderstanding around pregnancy uh, would it be correct to say that women who undergo this surgery cannot get pregnant like i said right in the beginning infertility happens because of obesity right hmm. now i get slightly technical over here to say that in males the sperm count goes down because your testosterone goes down in females your estrogen goes down and therefore your chances of getting pregnant go down so males start looking like females they develop breasts and various other things and females start looking like males with hirsutism facial hair and various other things yeah masculine features and this is all hormonal and obesity unfortunately prevents you from breaking this vicious cycle okay research studies available which have found more than 40% of women with fertility issues trying to conceive through IVF are obese and the drugs of IVF or various other things make them more obese right again uh, bariatric surgery is a boon i've actually done a program previously and had only people who become pregnant post bariatric surgery yeah so if you are a young male and is having issues with uh sexual function having issues with your sperm count your sperm mm-hmm. count is coming down and you're obese please don't get fooled this is the opportunity to act act now get rid of your weight i'm not saying do bariatric surgery i'm saying get rid of your weight anyhow and sustain that weight loss because this will save your sperms save you from becoming completely uh, infertile in a long period of time okay so please dispel this myth 
honestly it's quite a relief uh, you know i have some of my cousins you know who have faced these kind of uh, issues and situations and there's a lot of stigma attached around all of this also um now coming to another non cosmetic uh, you know side effect of obesity india struggles with heart disease that is known world over i'm guessing and as per an article published in the lancet global health journal in 2018 one out of four deaths in the country are being attributed to heart disease is obesity a major factor in poor heart health and how does bariatric surgery help if at all we must understand that non communicable diseases is the killer of the century had covid not come around we would have probably forgotten about infectious diseases as the being the cause that kills us right we are second only to china in terms of the number of people who are type 2 diabetes and we've got this twin pandemic right on one hand we have type 2 diabetes on the other hand we are the third most obese nation in the world just behind america and china hmm. so when you want to come and root out this problem you need to come to what exactly is causing it higher body fat causes higher fat in your liver cells causing uh, nash or fatty livers which we will see on your ultrasound it causes peripancreatic fat it causes uh, fat to collect in the other parts of your body and therefore the muscle as well as the fat prevents the insulin from acting and that all heightens the cardiovascular risk so your liver for example instead of throwing out uh, the byproduct of all this fat is it throws out high uric acid and that's why you develop gout So something as simple as that in my experience the heart diseases are caused by few basic things right high cholesterol high bp levels and type 2 diabetes because that narrows the blood vessels that supply your heart all these things become part of metabolic syndrome which is synonymous with obesity so if you get rid of it there are multiple studies across the world that have shown that if you're diabetic and you've had bariatric surgery there's a 95% chance that you'll live much longer than those people who've not had because your cholesterol goes down in almost 97% of the people even without drugs or with drugs in hypertension 92% of the people see improvements in their blood levels and type 2 diabetes goes out in at least 80% of the individuals post surgery depending on when you've done the surgery so i think all in all non communicable diseases is like the white ant it keeps eating you down from inside your body before you realize you've collapsed so try and prevent it now and do something about your weight thank you so much this was a lovely uh, lovely discussion and i sure hope that we've managed to bust some myths and misconceptions around obesity bariatric surgery i sure as hell have had some aha moments um any final thoughts or advice you'd like to share with us i just like to say that obesity is a chronic life threatening disease of fat accumulation Hmm. Let's recognize it as a disease, so that we start working on how to treat. Obesity cannot be correlated with how much a person eats. So let's stop blaming people. Let's get rid of the stigma that we associate with obesity. Let's okay. be empathetic rather than be sympathetic to people who struggle with obesity. We must understand that it's a multifactorial disease, right from birth to old age. It can be genetic. It can be hormonal it can be your body type various other things that we've not yet understood so if someone you love is struggling with obesity for a long term please go out and consult 
a weight loss specialist. Yeah. Remember, like I said before, that bariatric surgery might be a very, very tiny part, just the tip of the iceberg, but it still gives a realistic option to those who've struggled with maintaining weight loss with all other non-surgical methods. Childhood obesity is becoming a big, big problem. Let's not ignore the elephant in the room as far as childhood obesity goes, because that's our next generation. Just imagine if even 30% of these people were to get diabetic below 20 years of age. That means they are going to die much younger, die with more comorbidities and struggle much more in their life. So let's protect the, the generations to come. Let's get the governments to put up more healthy alternatives as far as food goes, price or tax the unhealthy alternatives to food like we tax cigarette. For me, uh, obesity and junk food is synonymous to a smoking with cancer, right? We do various things to tax the cigarette. Let's do various things to tax the unhealthy options. Let's teach our children how to eat healthy. Let's teach them to enjoy food which is fresh, which is local, which is not cooked till it is deep fried to all losing all its nutrition. All right. Tiny changes that you can make by the way you eat, the way you live can make you much, much more healthier. Thank you so much. And um, I really, really hope uh, that this idea of making tiny shifts in our lifestyle will be an encouraging start for those people who believe that losing weight and getting healthy is very difficult. Um, With this, we come to the end of this episode and talking about general health. The next few episodes are going to be extremely special as we talk about heart health, heart diseases and possible hacks and treatments to keep our hearts going. Thank you so much, Dr. Lakrawala. This was amazing. Thank you, Ditti, my friend and host. And stay fit, stay healthy, (laughs) stay well. Hey, you're taking my sign off from me. Do tune in next week for our mini-series on heart. Dekhe to sahi ye dil cheese hai kya? Until then, stay safe, stay curious. For more information on this disease, you can visit at Medtronic India on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram or reach out to us at HD Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. To listen to more such podcasts, tune into hdsmartcast.com or sunte rahiye naye nazariye se. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast.